Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. The Around the NFL Podcast, featuring the old Zeuser, the new old Blue Eyes, Tugboat, and Daddy Rich. <laughs> That's about right. Uh, from the Chris Wesling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. It's draft week, everybody. Dan Hansis and all those other names here, along with Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. And here we go, Mark. You ready for this? Maybe. One general manager... This via Albert Breer. This just to get you pumped up. Okay. Because we're days away now from yeah. the 2023 NFL draft. If you have 15 first-round grades, then the class sucks, said the GM. And I got less than 15 this year. What are we even? Why are we even watch it then? The GM, this GM has spoken. I mean, <laughs> the counter would be that uh, in years past, First-round grades have been put on a slew of underperforming busts. Yes. And so maybe you've just devalued certain diamonds in the rough that will be fulfilling what we hope. I, I doubt that. I don't, I don't get that. First of all, there's like four <laughs> quarterbacks that are intriguing, like top ten picks. In, in this was Rand Carthon, by the way. And then, no, uh, it's not. I have no idea who said it. The, I, I see this a lot, though, uh, that every year around this time, they're like, well, we only have about 15 to 18 first-round grades. That's, we usually have about 18. I feel like then you're doing it wrong. There has to, by, by definition, you should be averaging 32 each year. Right, there's got to be. <laughs> you know I what I mean? Know, like, though. You're it's saying your, worthy, but there, there's a bar internally of what, in their mind, makes up a talent that is a first-round talent. Aren't you comparing yeah. them to the body of draftable players over the last 15, 20 years, and they're saying that they, they're not adding up? I believe I, so. And that's pretty like unanimous across the board. I guess I just think uh, that's a silly way to put it because – First round, by definition, would be your top thirty players, thirty-two players. On average, like if you I don't were think doing, that's how they're doing. If you're doing it every year, then you would have thirty-two of those guys on average. If you went over like a ten-year period, you, sure. would, you would your average would be around thirty-two. And they're saying we usually have about seventeen. Well, well I, then, I, then, 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 what's going on? I don't know if you're if you're trying to pump up the draft, but I would say in general, like across the board, this is viewed as one of the weaker draft class that we've ever seen since we've been here. But really, I will say yeah. this. At least it is a quarterback draft, which makes right. it a, 
a more interesting and alluring not uh, an Eric Fisher scenario come Thursday yeah. night. Uh, so we don't know, and that's I guess that is like kind of your point too, Greg. It's like the idea that anyone actually knows like who is what right now. It's well, we also heard it's like the, the greatest yeah. quarterback class of the, since Marino included Zach Wilson and Trey Lance going two three. Yeah. So it's like I don't know. Shut up. My, yes, my my thing is like if there's only 15 or 20 or whatever first rounders, it makes the back half of the first round that much more interesting because it's so unpredictable. Because some teams will go. have these guys, some teams will have those guys. Like we have no idea how this draft's going to play that's out. That's how you pitch it. It, it does it's have a, a lot pitch. of like intriguing second and third round receivers and running backs, which is where where right. I at least like to a pay attention. A tall man in a suit just came into the studio behind the glass and patted Justin on the head. Yeah, and then <laughs> stuck a 20 in his front pocket and left without saying a word. Who was it? We don't know. Speaking of Justin. Thank you. Well, I'm, a, I'm a company person. I walked into uh, the studio to see uh, the two mock draftsmen chopping it up, Sessler and Graver. Graver speaking in almost a, a little bit of a worried tone um, about how to handle the big mock draft off on Wednesday uh, ahead of the, the real draft. Um, do you like that, Mark, seeing – Justin seeming to be in his head a little bit uh, this close to the mock draft. Oh, I love the passions. Let's start right there. Yeah. Like with, the, with, the, with the positives. Whenever you talk about the positive traits, um, he's plugged in. He's already worked on his um, quite a bit. Of, I got a text on the weekend about it from him, which I knew I knew that he was toiling away. Um, I have yet to That's begin my party mine. foul uh, with Mark. Well, you don't want to do that. I, think, I just do don't want to lose the conceit of the, the exercise. It's not that you sit. If you go spend 4,000 hours doing your mock draft, then it's like the point is you're just like everyone else. If you come up with it in about 35 minutes, yeah. Um, which is what I typically do when right. I throw in a lot of spicy trades and stuff. That's what the point of the exercise is. It's like I, it's if you are, if you, if we're going draft guru road, that's cool. Mm. But then it's me versus another draft guru. I'm already dealing with 32. Here's four, the thing, though, Mark. Draft gurus. What if I told you the amount of hours that Justin puts into this has absolutely no impact on how accurate he is? That's exactly that would be what my. But guess. that's exactly what the exercise is is here to tell us. Right. Right. It's a it's an A B test, if you will. Now he could offer good analysis on the show. He'll feel better and more excited about the two thousand twenty three season. No doubt about he'll, that. He'll he'll know a lot, but I don't think he'll let's, do any better. Let's keep it real here. I think Justin, uh, who's a young man who's striving for career gains, sees this as an opportunity. Well he and crushed a stepping stone. He also crushed me last year. So I think right. he's like you can start to see like the, we get the, a version of Justin, which is right. a he's a very um, a wonderful person. There's an element of compliance in his role sure. and cooper- <laughs> cooperation. But then you see this other side of Justin. He's like, I will destroy Sessler two times. In a row. It's like, but I'm not trying to. Mm. Where I'm coming from is like, yeah. I'm trying to throw some chaos into the industry. That if you spend 35 right. minutes, you probably come as close as 95 percent of the people that spend six months on it. It's weird because Jessica, when we were in London, used the same words. Uh, to describe Justin, there's an element of compliance to him. So I, well, well, that's why those FaceTime calls are so lengthy. <laughs> Sorry, we keep talking about Justin. He's just sitting right there. You can, you can jump in. And uh, uh, one second, one more know. thing about you. Yeah. Um, and how he does in this mock draft, if he does go back-to-back, yeah. like champion, if you will, um, it will accelerate his path to the next step. We usually have a producer about – about two to three years before yeah. they just say, we're, I'm doing my own thing. If he nails this, I think he's gone in six months. I think that's mm. what we're looking at. I think the writing's on the wall. Yeah. 
So part of me is hoping you fail, Justin, because I enjoy having you Same. as our producer. Uh, but I also understand if you hit 20 out of 32, 31, that never, he gone. That's impossible. It, inevitable mean. fireball. That's he like gone. Out of the building. I'm hoping yeah. to get 10. Like That 10 will be a, a huge win for me. He really cares, though. I, I do like that because <laughs> there was a, a sort of a tension in his voice when we were discussing this. And I'll uh, say this for, for all the, you know, the surface of it all. Mark's a competitive guy. I think Mark is, is wants to win too. I, I don't want to lose, but I, yeah. I, 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 what I want to prove again is that I can do it in about 27, 30 minutes tops, and match the results of people working on it for seven or eight months. In general, in humanity, that's great for industry if you can find a way to get something done. Right. That speaks to like going to a three-day work week or sure. or whatever. That's all I'm trying to get to. All right, we're trying to get to the show, so let's let's get into it now. Today is Monday. Um, we have um, a lot of news to get through and some rumors as well because things obviously are heating up. And then also, we love it. It's a tradition around here. Sandwich props where we make our predictions uh, for the draft and, and try to get people to to go against us on said predictions. And then someone comes out looking great on draft night sometimes. Sometimes it's a total bust. We all get everything wrong. It's kind of a little – it's got some mock draftiness to it as well. Uh, So sandwich props, Greggy, coming up later. It's a a tried-and-true tradition. Our records in that are outrageous if you go to gogetmylunch.org. It's outrageous. Some more than others, yeah. Ryan Ryan Frontier, is it? Ryan (laughs) – So far away from it. What is it? I don't know. What, what, do you, head, what do you mean? You're so far away from it, I you know don't know that, it. I, I don't think either. I don't think it's Ryan <laughs> or Frontier. That much I know. Chad Fortier? Uh, Fortier. Fortier, Fortier so, I believe. Yeah, was it Ryan Fortier? I, I'm focused on the last name, which I believe was Fortier. <laughs> this is when the producer would be helpful to jump in and save us. Or me. When I say outrageous, though, I just mean the total amount. And if you just go back in there and you can find some gems, like I saw Dan. Well, at one point, we all were guessing where Kirk Cousins would go when he was leaving mm. Washington. You had the Jets that year. And just the records. I mean, Mark, for instance, is 180 and 205. And that's the problem with Mark's situation in this. Uh, you need to go undefeated for like three, for like a year straight to get back to 500. It I seems think hopeless. I come at the the contest a little bit differently though with some I think of, there's some a through line here with your drafting you're not yeah. looking for big time win loss victories you just want to hit that big win I, I'm not like a singles doubles hitter I just right. look at once in a while crack a home run with a lot of strikeouts you're, you're more like a Steve Balboni type one of my fan. least favorite athlete names of all time so <laughs> thank you all right let's get to the news yeah I think uh, mm. money is nice championships are better hey oh, and that was <laughs> that was Jalen Hurts in his press conference with the Eagles after signing that massive extension. And uh, obviously, Greg, a shot across the bow of the entire Lamarmi there. I don't view it that way, but I like that he's he's using some of that money on on the the hair because you could tell he knew it was contract extension press conference. Don't deflect. I'm not. Well, I thought it was a joke that you, I wasn't supposed to take seriously. Oh, so, I'm yeah. deadly serious. Okay. He's saying in, in the regards to, hey, you didn't end up getting the most guaranteed money ever. Uh, it's a nice contract, but, you know. And he was clearly stating, hey, I I'm think thinking he was say- for the team. I think he's saying thinking about his the team. truth, uh, which is that money's a nice championship, but some things you can't buy. You know, when he uh, 
he got when the contract came Always through. Always deflecting over at the Lamar. I, well, I, I don't think there was any merit to what you say. I don't think it had anything to do with Lamar. That I, mean, I, I don't. Okay, I wasn't the only one who thought that, but okay. <laughs> I don't think he's taking a shot at Lamar. No, Jackson, I, think, okay. I think that's preposterous. Of course it is. Of course it they is. They called him. He was just lifting weights. They said, you know, the contracts come through. You're extremely rich. And he said, great, and just went back to lift more weights. That's what you want from your franchise quarterback. Good for him. Not good for several members and now former members of the Detroit Lions. Uh, This came through late last week. The NFL suspended five players, including four Lions, for violating gambling gambling policy. Uh, Ian Rappaport had reported initially the league suspended uh, number first-round pick last year, Jamison Williams, for six games. Uh, uh, Quintez Cephas, Stanley Berryhill, and safety C.J. Moore, uh, as well as uh, Commander's defensive end, Shaka Tony, uh, Williams and Berryhill got six games. Cephas Moore and Tony all got suspended indefinitely and can apply for reinstatement after the 2023 seasons. Uh, this then led to the release of Cephas and Moore from the lines. There were other Detroit officials connected to this. And this is just about, Greggy, the stupidest thing I've heard in a long time in the league. When you read about the details of the story, knowing full well what happened with Calvin Ridley, knowing that the NFL, now that we're in bed as a league with gambling, are on the patrol in a very profound way uh, to be this reckless. Uh, I feel bad for the guys because it costs them their living in some cases, but it's hard to wrap your head around it. I think this was bound to happen, and maybe it'll happen again a handful of times right as this gambling policy and this new world we're living in happen until enough players sort of realize that it's just, you're going to get suspended. And some of the details that Jamison Williams, for instance, who was suspended six games for betting on college football, but he did it at the team facility instead of at home where it would have been fine is very likely something not every NFL player is aware of, or even most NFL players are aware of. And you would hope after this, they will be more aware of that and we can keep great players on the field. Because, yeah, for a guy like C.J. Moore, for instance, who's like a core special teamer and his whole life was leading to this contract he just got, which was two years, $4.5 million with a year uh, – uh, a $1.4 million signing bonus because the Patriots were interested in him. He's like a tw- you know a 27-year-old special teamer guy. Like, it just crushed his career. I'm sure he'll get a job in a year, but uh, he is losing an incredible amount of money. Well, I mean, crushed his career because of a decision he made, though. Um, I mean, the, the one thing we where we are, you know, linked with the players is that in the offseason every year, you go through a pretty in-depth hammer-dropping course about what you can and cannot do when it comes to this. And I do, I understand that if you're a player, you're new to the NFL, some of this stuff will go in one ear and out the other. Um, I think the other problem is that we, I mean, there are 18, 19, 17, 10 year old people out there just gambling on their phones. And it's like, it's part of maybe what you do. And then you come into the NFL and if you're thinking, I can gamble on college football, Maybe the breakdown of it happening at the facility is lost on you. I could see that. I think the idea that anyone was gambling on NFL games, though, it's like the real example, I think, it's not going to be the courses. It's like Calvin Ridley lost a year of his career and wound up on a whole different team because of this. If that doesn't sink in, it's like what will sink in until like five or six more of these guys. Yeah, I think a handful. Of, I, I saw a lot of people saying they're like, "How could this happen when it happened to Calvin Ridley?" I was like, "You think everyone in the NFL is like super aware of what happened?" I don't. No, it's going to happen a handful of times, and multiple Lions staffers were fired uh, for this 
in a month previous. So who knows exactly what was going on here? Was it like somehow all together, like a pool or whatever for the guys who got fired or lost a year? We don't know those details. Yeah, and then Jameson Williams said, I saw some takes out there like the NFL needs to you know clean it up and uh, Jameson Williams getting caught up in this, gambling on non-NFL, doing it from the facility. Of course the league is not going to want that. They don't want guys in the locker room talking about where they're laying the wagers down. It doesn't matter if it's NFL or not. And there's just got to be some common sense. If you're going to do that, know the rules or this happens. Right. There is a lot of and I understand the hypocrisy uh, on the NFL's level of like, oh, look, like all these shows are presented by FanDuel and DraftKings and they're out here doing this. It's like, okay, what is your other uh, option here? You allow players to gamble on football like right. you're just making an argument because literally no one thinks that that is a good idea. The whole team facility college football thing. I, I get that that seems a little a little too particular, but it, it is what it is. And the whole like there's no one is arguing that they should be allowed to bet on the NFL it would be insane. And not for nothing. Jameson Williams is a high level prospect. First round pick missed a good chunk of last year with the knee injury that he suffered in college. Um, had one catch last year, a long touchdown, a lot of excitement about him entering this year, healthy and ready to roll. And this is just a huge uh, deflating uh, aspect of the story. He's like a as well top five breakout player. If you were right. to, if you were available, it's a tough one. He's missed, uh, you know, so much of his career already. This is how a first round pick two years in starts to not look so good. But that said, I always feel like these suspensions, like from week seven on is an eternity. These seasons are so long that it's like they can get through this. Right. Marvin Jones, they signed recently. Maybe they knew this was coming as a third receiver. Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Uh, But I do think they'll draft a receiver and or a tight end. They could use one. Here's a neat little segue. Uh, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis is now the favorite to be the number two overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Multiple sports books now have Levis (laughs) as that favorite uh, to be selected uh, after Bryce Young, who's widely expected, obviously, to go to the Panthers. Um, Greg, uh, Mark, this comes, you know, amid continued speculation that C.J. Stroud, once upon a time believed to be either number one or number two, is not as well loved on draft boards for teams, opening the door for some zaniness. And uh, Levis, who has been profiled as a big, strong um, high upside, but uh, coming off a not so sterling final year of college and injury issues, him slotting at number two that would be seems like a gamble, but also maybe somebody's in love with him. And I think some teams view him as a safer pick than Anthony Richardson, who maybe has a freakier upside if you can if if he becomes what you think. Uh, I mean, to me, Will Levis had, had a great 2021, and I think it went with a lot of expectations last season, and went it went down a little bit, and I think that it affected who well Will Levis how he was seen by others. Um, I mean, to go number two though, all we're hearing is that the Texans are this team sitting out there with a tangible disinterest of, pick, of picking a quarterback potentially at number two. Right, he he's the favorite by a decent amount. He's like negative 150. So basically, he's the favorite by a decent amount over the entire field combined. Which is which is shocking, and I do put these odds as more newsworthy than basically any other odds that happen over the course of the season because very often these odds are uh, an indicator of what's going to happen, and, and like they change a lot. We saw that last year with the draft. The odds flipped, and it was they were pretty accurate right before the draft. doesn't mean this is going to happen. I don't think Vegas knows anything more than, for instance, the three of us know, but I think they're basing it on all the reports 
reporting that's out there. Certainly and not adding, more than the three of us, Chris. <laughs> I just mean like people have this idea that they have these inside uh, tells, like that they have inside information. I don't buy that. I, it's basically based on public reporting. But I think that the public reporting is pointing this way. And I don't think it's necessarily the Texans who would take them at two. I think it could be a team like mm-hmm. the Patriots. Could be It could be a lot of teams. Could be the Titans. Who knows? Got the Patriots in there. I don't like it. Um, but that's, you know, there's a lot of Levis uh, Patriots talk. Mark has uh, Patriots a dark horse to trade up as a – Greg and I just highlighted, the same just highlighted, just uh, high five uh, over this. What a high moment! Five. <laughs> you know, whenever you can get Greg and I on the same page, it's a good thing. For, it is. It gives me uh, goosebumps. I have to say, uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Uh, he is out there reporting that the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill um, could be parting ways, despite uh, reports going in both directions throughout the off seasons. Uh, teams, according to Fowler, believe that Tannehill is available via trade not a surprise and I think it's been the case the whole offseason that I've sort of assumed Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill are available in a trade if the right price came and there's been no indications that anyone's shown much interest so teams believe he's available whether that means a team goes big on Tannehill I don't know but I think he could be available especially if they get a quarterback in the first round I mean this, this is one of those scenarios where like let's see what happens in the draft and if a team gets left out in the cold Ryan Tannehill suddenly makes a lot of sense for someone um, it doesn't surprise me at all because you're also hearing that Tennessee is one of these clubs that is like looking at maybe jumping way up in the draft to get quarterback of tomorrow so that would make Tannehill available what do you think graver because it's funny when the more I watch Levis and I tried to like like him more and more I watched and I, I I think he's a good prospect he makes sense as like a first round pick he reminded me of Ryan Tannehill kind of like a 2023 version where he's definitely more athletic he weirdly isn't talked about enough as like he could be your wildcat quarterback I mean that's literally what he was in college at first so he's incredibly athletic and he kind of reminds me of Tannehill as a player I agree with that, and I tweeted out last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago that like my most controversial draft take was I would be okay if the Titans took Will Levis. Sure. And I definitely think Ryan Tannehill is like on the trade block if the right team came calling. His they never did anything to restructure his salary this year. Nothing to like tack on extra years or or adjust his cap hit in any kind of lower way that might make it harder to trade him, but more manageable for this year. So I I think him Henry like. Kevin Byard, all these guys are up for grabs if the right team. I just don't know offers. who that team is. I think I just feel like the Atlanta Falcons makes sense. Hey, I have a something. Oh. I have something cooking for Wednesday with that, Mark. So okay, keep that on your keep that in mind. <laughs> in other news, <laughs> I will. <laughs> what? Graver, I mean, we've, been t- we've been talking Tannehill to the Falcons for three months. How many versions but... of your mock draft have you gone through so far? Six. Wow. <laughs> this is an absurd exercise because it's like, all right. He's in it to win it. He's in it to win it. Uh, Tom Six. Bra- what is Tom Brady up to these days? Uh, he's doing things like speaking at the Emerge Americas at the Miami Beach Convention Center, whatever the hell that is. I want to know how much he was paid for that 45 minutes. Well, he li- How much do you think? I think he lives in Florida, right? Well, sure. So it's a it's an easy trip. I think you're probably not getting Brady for less than half a mil, right? That's a lot of money for an hour. I don't know. I'd I mean, say, but that would that yeah, that but would you be... get the glad handing, the photo ops. Two hundred and seventy grand. Two seventy? Between two seventy and five? I have I no feel. I feel well, like you, I, you think it's like ten G's or something? I thought it's it was like Tom Brady. A hundred felt like a lot for an hour, but you might be right. You might be right. I have no idea. 
Uh, anyway, so he was there, and and uh, someone asked him. I don't know if there's a reporter. I don't know what's going on at Emerge Americas. It was like I don't what, know what Emerge. It was is. a Q and A scenario. It was, it was like yeah. him and a host talking yeah. about who knows what, and he the the host asked him. As for what else is going on, you're right, Justin. No one please look up what Emerge Americas is. Anyway, here's the question: Is there any chance you're coming out of retirement and playing for the Finns? All right, here's the response from Tom Brady uh, via uh, B Kaminsky on Twitter. Now that I'm not affiliated with any team anymore, and even though I have strong um, ties with a couple teams, um, I do have some friends on the Dolphins that I really like. So uh, I wouldn't say I necessarily root for them all the time, but I root for my friends to do well, and several of them play for Miami. So awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't What was that? That was a bizarre answer. It was a very direct question, too. He was like, would you come out of retirement to play for the Dolphins? And his response was, I have friends on the Dolphins. Well, one of the friends he doesn't have is the first rounder they would have picked if they weren't docked their first rounder for talking with Tom Brady. You know who else isn't a friend? Probably Tua, who's like, bro, shut up. Do you think I'm trying? I have enough on my plate. I'm Tua. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm dealing with? I'm Tua, and I know about the the yacht trip and the, and the doc draft picks and and my injury issues. And now you're going to come out and and basically leave the d- door open. I'm not putting too much into it, but it is interesting. He didn't say no. I'm done. I'm retired. I'm, but putting I'm rooting a, for the Dolphins. I'm putting a little into it because the question was as simple as could be: Is there any chance you're coming out of retirement to play for the Finns? And you couldn't answer that even in the least. I also want to know who are his friends? Who are his friends on the team? Is he friends with Austin Jackson, uh, the right no, tackle coming off of an injury? He's not. Um, how about uh, Cater Cahoot, like the, the the slot cornerback? I am looking up and down this you know roster. With, Jerome Baker. Uh, he's is he friends buddies? with uh, Braxton Berrios back from their days in New England. You could see them hanging out. Okay, you got Steven one. Steven Ross. That's good. I forgot Braxton. Stevie Ross. I forgot. friends with the owner of the team. I forgot Braxton Berrios was on the team. But he said multiple friends, so we we're gonna get to. I the don't. I, yeah, of this. I don't really see. It's not like an older roster. Tyreek Hill, you know, they've shared a lot of uh, big stages together. Pro Bowl, you know, maybe. I don't mm. know. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yes, Justin. Emerge Americas is the premier technology conference transforming Miami into a global tech hub. And if you go to their website, there are two big buttons on the main page. One of them is register. And the okay. other one is meet Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think he got paid very All well. Right. Four hundred. Tech hub. Four hundred. I'm gonna say. I don't think you're wrong. I might in revise cash. my two seventy. Stuffed in his back pocket. Yeah, some of it we will. It's not on the books. Uh, all right. In other news, so I guess keep an eye on the Tom Brady situation. I I choose not to, but I understand why we must. Well, if something happened to Tua, I I now feel like I don't that at least in Tom Brady's mind, it's. It's an open question. I mean, we're we're a week out from Tua acknowledging that he put deep contemplation into retiring. Sure. And I don't I, think that helps Tua. When Tua goes and says that, he's not helping his own case. But it does continue to build. It, it does. The non-answer does continue to build this idea that Brady is obviously keeping his options open this year. And because I think I floated the Raiders last year. is like he's their backup quarterback right now. Yeah. When Jimmy G, if he gets hurt and they don't draft a QB. Like, I think he's very open and maybe he's playing it smart like I don't know how I'm going to feel in October like I might be dying uh, and then, and then mm. somebody I know that's a quote unquote friend calls me up 
So he doesn't want to give that answer one way or the other. Because if he says yes, I, I'm open to it. It's a circus. Yeah. If he sees, says no, he's going to feel like he's going back on his word or, or make it seem like he's waffling. So he's trying to, like, cut it down the middle. It's, you know. There's no way it's We're a not hard, done with Tom it's, Brady yet? No, it's – I mean, I think also when your golf rival, Aaron Rodgers, is able to take his situation mm. and elongate it, do what he's done with it to turn it into a, like, months-long drama for the third year in a row. It's like Brady's like, I can do that too. Brady's out on the golf course. He's like, oh, who, who's this? Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's Braxton and Andrew <laughs> Van Ginkle, your best bros. AVG. Uh, you want to come in? What up, <laughs> AVG? Come in and play? <laughs> uh, all right, let's pause the news right here. Get a break. And come right back. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. All right, we're back. The new coach of the Cardinals is our friend and rising ATN star, Jonathan Gannon. There was a question and answer session connected with uh, the uniform reveal of the Cardinals. Is that correct? Yes, they put out new uniforms last week. Great. Perfect timing. Uh, And uh, 
he uh, discussed at an at times a difficult last season in Philly, despite the fact that the Eagles had this big year on both sides of the ball and nearly won the Super Bowl. Gannon was criticized at time for the, for the Eagles and the scheme, and he had this to say uh, when discussing. Uh, some of the issues he had, including not talking to the media immediately after uh, their defense collapsed in Super Bowl 57. I'm, I'm very comfortable talking to the media. Philly is a very hard media market. Uh, we were 9-0, and and I did my presser, and they say, Coach, we want you fired. And I said, well, we're the no- I said, we're the number one defense in the NFL right now in every statistical category. Why do you want me fired? You don't blitz enough. I said, well, we lead the league in sacks by 30-plus sacks. So if you want to come call the defense, and you can have at it. But, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. <laughs> he went on, too, and, like, know, what, like why, he said, like, <laughs> why do you want me fired? You don't blitz enough. This, I mean, this never happened. No one ever called for him to be fired. Certainly no one ever did at well, a – People called – people checked that. First of all, they weren't 9-0 at any point. Uh, people checked like the transcripts in that time and didn't find any type of back and forth with Gannon in the media about this. Obviously, he's a little in his feelings about some criticism he was getting. I, I mean, the the year before though, the players were very critical of the defense. Right. I, I mean, there were there was criticism around him, but but that interaction, like, it was interesting to see like Philly beat writers come out of the woodwork as they should and say this did not occur. I mean, to the way he described. Well, it. Well, I just think it's a major red flag of how he's going to handle this next year. Because in his head, this is what happened a year ago, and it never, it never happened. Plus, if you're that like loose uh, with how you're presenting things to the media, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get in trouble. Like mm-hmm. he, he continued, like it went on a little bit. Like, why do you want me fired? And they said you, you don't blitz enough. And he's just like, yeah. I, I I admit that it was probably all in his head of how that all happened. But he also famously did not, as you said, answer any questions after the Super Bowl. It's like not a great sign either. I think I think you would just, what you said is very right in that, especially at this high profile level job, he's going to learn quickly. He can't shoot from the lip without everything coming out of his mouth being something that is actually true because people will look it up yeah. and you'll kind of look. It makes him look a little weak and like he's. Well, he looks defensive. Yeah, defensive. He looks and defensive. Not, he looks, you know, it's, but I mean, I cannot think I cannot point to a team right now that needs an off-season with maybe some tempered, lower, non-drama. You don't need the coach creating uh, hot soup every week with no, with problems. I want to make Boiling a promise soup. to yeah. the Cardinals. We're going fi- to we're gonna say something positive for their fans on draft night. I, at least I'm going to try. It's been tough. It's what if been, they, like, miss their pick or something? This is the 20-year anniversary, by the way, of the Vikings mm. uh, falling. Actually, two spots in the draft. Uh, Shout-out to... Uh, the teams right behind them. It was the Ravens and I believe maybe the Chiefs who um, turned in their cards, sensing uh, drama and uh, miscalculation on the Minnesota side of things. Mm. So they dropped from seven to nine uh, and still got a great player, it should be stated. The guy they wanted all along. Kevin Williams. Kevin Williams. The Williams In their wall. ring of honor. In their ring of honor. And uh, there's a really good piece on ESPN uh, that they dropped this morning, breaking down all the drama behind that. And a lot of it went back to an owner who was losing money with the Metrodome and, and wanted them to trade back even if it was a bad value uh, so they would pay their first-round pick less money and have less of it in the old rookie pay scale, which was massive. Red McCombs. Pretty, pretty dark stuff, Red McCombs, who sold the team shortly thereafter. That, that was so long ago. Don't that, hook them horns. 
What are you hooking horns for over there? That's the name of our business school, the Red McComb School of Business. <laughs> Absurd. Uh, that was so rest, long ago. Rest in peace. Red that McCombs. I was watching that in a, like, not on television, but for some reason in, like, a college library. I wasn't in college, but uh, they showed the pics, you know, they come up on computer without sound one by one, and then suddenly the Vikings vanish off the screen. I was like, what on earth occurred here? Uh, shout out from the Kicker Club to Tyler Bass, who's got bottle service. He got a four-year uh, extension from the Bills. He's one of the steadiest guys in the league. And uh, finally, before we get to some rumors, this is news. Uh, Matt Patricia. I He's now joining the Eagles' defensive coaching staff, which makes sense, A. B, I didn't realize, I guess I kind of knew, but obviously it didn't work out with him being a major figure in New England's offense, to say the least. But I'm, I was surprised that you know, they just kind of kicked him to the curb, or did he leave by his own choice? Or like, how did how did the Belichick conversation go with Patricia after that year in which Patricia got put in a bad spot? Did he get the choice to stay, or was Bill like, "Hey, you weren't good at this. You got to go." Seemed like a good time for a breakup. I mean, we've spent a lot of time as humans finding out what Matt Patricia can't do, so I hope he can do this. <laughs> Man, uh, Belichick wouldn't answer the Patricia questions. My feel of it, and I think those two are very close because he did confirm Joe Judge was going to be back, but wouldn't say about Patricia. My feel of it was like Bill Belichick was. Was working as hard as possible to get Matt Patricia a job elsewhere, but he was not coming back to the Patriots. And if I really had to guess, like that might not have been Bill Belichick's decision either. It's a lot of Robert Kraft. Uh, but, uh, well, you know, Kraft is a guy he knows when he says things. It's not always direct. He's a successful businessman. He might have other thoughts, but he went out of his way to absolve Matt Patricia in those comments and yeah. went after Belichick directly yeah. about that. But anyway, it's good for Patricia who – Obviously, didn't do well as a head coach in Detroit, and it was a disaster in New England, but he's done things in his career. Belichick, who we respect more than anyone, thinks very highly of him. So, Mark, well, maybe ease up on the accelerator on Patricia. You're right. I, I, I will amend what I, the, the tone with what I, which I came in on that. We saw, uh, you put him 10 feet underground there. We That's saw three Belichick and Super Patricia Bowl. at the owner's meeting uh, hanging out for hours together with their wives. I guess if Belichick is Linda Holiday a wife, I believe she's still a girlfriend. I don't know. Long time GF. Yeah. <laughs> At this time, it's got to be common law. I don't know what it is in Massachusetts. Yeah. It's it's entering that. Look like, into that, please, Graver. <laughs> that Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell territory yeah. where it's like, hey, don't need it. Don't need to. Don't be, need a certificate. Don't need, don't need the ring. Go down that road if you don't want to. Three-time uh, Super Bowl champion, Matt Patricia. Put Never him again. Forget. Never forget. Uh, all right. Let's share some rumors that we've seen uh, out there. Okay. Uh, I will throw this one out there via – uh, Peter King via Bleacher Report on C.J. Stroud. It's no lock he goes in the top seven of the 2023 NFL Draft. Top seven. That S2 score that has gone out about him, you know, and we, we'd we heard about that a little bit before it became news, um, seems to have impacted his draft stock to some degree because on tape, watching him throw, I think he's like the most natural thrower and it's like intoxicating to watch him. But there's something going on with him and not being a fit for – you know, not number one, not number two necessarily. And like if the Raiders don't take him at seven where they're sitting, that would be remarkable. Yeah. Like I am not totally shocked that a lot of teams have the quarterbacks in different orders. I think there's some teams that certainly some media folks, and I can see why have Richardson one or two. There's a, there's certainly a lot of teams by the reporting out there that has Levis two. And then by, you know, process of elimination, that means on some boards, at least Stroud, is four. So he's probably anywhere from one to four. But I don't buy it because I think the Colts at four would make a lot of sense. 
And then every, t- you know, Seahawks, Lions, Raiders, to me, are all potential quarterback spots. I mean, or someone trades up. I yeah. mean, I just, I, I'm with you. I'd be surprised the Col- if he To fell. me, he seems like the guy that the Colts end up uh, building around. Especially if Levis goes before him, that, that'd be crazy, too. I'll throw another thing out. Peter Schrager, of course, NFL Network's own from Good Morning Football, had a here's what I heard um, breakdown on the program this morning. He heard Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs will go in the first round, so two running backs in the first round. Jalen Carter won't fall out of the top six. Uh, Sam Laporta could go before Darnell Washington. Arizona is, quote, open for business at pick three. And he said, Houston is not scared to pass on a QB. Some of this stuff we maybe we're going to get on, get into in a little bit, but uh, just throwing that out there. I mean, Carter could be, if they, the off-field stuff, if you if that were not in existence, a potential top over, number one pick, and you're talking about Seattle at five and Detroit at six, I know Seattle number one is like an absolute home run target for Jalen Carter. Right. Him and Richards. I, they, they're, that pick is maybe the most fascinating in the draft, you mentioned Jameer Gibbs, who we haven't really touched on too much, but a you know, really dynamic pass-catching uh, running back. Almost seems like a maybe a more dynamic, bigger version of Travis Etienne, who did go in the first round. And I think one of the reasons why this draft isn't getting a lot of love is because maybe the best position, and certainly close to the top, is running back. There's like seven or eight running backs that I think depending on what you want, whether it's Zach Charbonnet or Tajay Spears, Kenny Mack, like Devin Achain, like those are round two, three guys, but like a lot of dynamic running backs. I mean, kind of need it. If you look over the last few years, mm. there haven't been a lot of good running backs entering in the league. Uh, and even at the top, Jameer Gibbs, I think people just love his skill set that he could go. But that nugget with. should be that Jameer Gibbs might go in the first round. Not right. We, well, it, sure. is, it would be literally um, stunning to the mind if B. John Robinson did the not The question go. with B. John Robinson is, I think, how high does he go in the first round? I think higher than in the front think. half or the back half? Front. Do you have a prop on that? You, I mean, some of, the, got a Bijan prop? some of this stuff absolutely kind okay, of so we'll, cuts into that. Because I was going to ask stuff. a follow-up question, yeah. but let's stick a pin in it. Anybody else have a rumor to share before we move on? Justin, you had a lot of rumors out there. Any of your favorites you want to throw out? Sure, yes. There is a bunch. Um, I think Raiders, like, in addition to – this is, like, adding on to the Stroud falling out of the top seven, was that the Raiders are, quote-unquote, out on quarterbacks – after they failed to acquire the number one pick, and they're now targeting a corner at seven. That was from mm-hmm. Todd McShay. That which, feeds into my Tom Brady is their backup plan. Yeah, I agree. And and like McDaniel's had a lot of interesting comments at the owners' meetings about like how he really like thought that it was important to go get a quarterback, and they're like looking forward to drafting a quarterback, and like weird hints like that. But now it feels like maybe they will either wait till mm. day two or not draft one at all. They I can't, they. they they are in the perfect spot to take the top cornerback on the board, whoever they believe that to be, whether it be Witherspoon or Gonzalez. Can you imagine Tom Brady and Jimmy G back in a quarterback room together? The one thing I thought with, with, with the Raiders, the more you learn about the quarterbacks, is that Bryce Young nailed that S2 test, and they've talked about him. He, he was excellent with Bill O'Brien at Alabama. You talk about him as like a Tom Brady-level processor, and that feels like something that Josh McDaniels doesn't want to settle on with a player that's not offering the same thing. It's like he seems reluctant to go get the guy that he can truly groom as right. his rookie quarterback. And maybe he would take some of the edge off it in this in this alternate reality. I think Tom Brady's only there if like Jimmy G is in a lower leg cast again. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. one of those situations where it's not is like Is it a he's great situation for Tom Brady in terms of that roster? It's like you want I mean if I'm Tom Brady, I want to go somewhere like the Dolphins where it's like you're a playoff roster 
from day one. Thinking about that the Raiders were trying to get up to one, it just points out how off like the reporting and Vegas, for instance, can be. Because at one point, Bryce Young was a significant underdog and C.J. Stroud was a heavy, heavy favorite for like a week or two in Vegas to be number one overall. Since then, we found out, okay, the Panthers are taking Young. Uh, the Raiders tried to trade up to one. And Adam Schefter reported on Monday, I thought this was really interesting, that the Texans were very aggressive trying to get up to one from two. And presumably they were going to take Bryce Young. And that's why they're not uh, in love with taking a quarterback now at two. And the difference was the picks were similar, but the Bears threw in DJ Moore and DJ Moore ended the, the conversation. The difference also was the result of one of your favorite regular season games of the year, Greg, where the Texans like haphazardly won their season finale with a coach who was canned days later and a quarterback who's now in the rearview mirror. Don't do that. You got to... You go get your quarterback. And I'm just going to say, stupid look, thing. hey, Davis Mills helped himself out there. He made two or three plays in that game. That, did, uh, did Davis Mills help himself? It's like you set your employer <laughs> on fire. Say. He also, the ball <laughs> matter. that essentially won the game I, went right through the I hands. I know you were going to say that, but there was a couple so plays. So let's calm down with there that. Was, there was one play before that where he was sprinting right and threw on the run to save what, the game. And what it was a special time it was. Incredible. For Texans play. fans. Anything else, Justin, real quick? Yeah, the last one. Um, this from Mike Florio, Greg, uh, PFT. The Seahawks may be targeting <laughs> Anthony Richardson at pick number five, which would like a, a, almost everyone is putting Jalen Carter into the Seahawks at five or Tyree Wilson or whatever best edge rusher happens to make it to number five. If they took Anthony Richardson, I think that would throw a lot of mock drafts out of whack. And so I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm leaning into this rumor. Torn up, torn up by the thought of Richardson going to Seattle and ruining his life. I also life. would love the Titans to draft Anthony Richardson, so that would be sad. I, I love Gino, and yet I think they should take Richardson at five. I'm not, like, it just seems like you're not going to have a chance for a guy that, they, that potentially special. I don't think that would happen, but I think it makes some sense. Cause it, just because I think he is uniquely that worth isn't it. Isn't it perfect, though? Because Seattle, you know, by their own design, did a great job of getting into this position by a believing in Geno, making it work, and now you could say Anthony Richardson may be the guy that could use half a season or a season behind Geno. But I think you'll find out who Geno is if he suddenly is his heir apparent is uh, drafted. Well, he'll have this like week. an over on. He'll have to have a winning record after seven weeks, or else he gets Put some heat benched. on Geno. Uh, so He's that done is that before too. That he was in New York when uh, Darnold was drafted, and he he handled himself well before the. I mean, yeah, but he wasn't. Said. He wasn't like Geno Smith when Darnold was drafted was persona non grata on sure. that roster. He was, he was not a, a, nearly as good a quarterback, obviously. To uh, and Albert Beer had one report about who the Chiefs have been calling about moving up, and these are usually right. These are the types of pre-draft reports that I like to hear. Uh, a guy like Breer on who the Chiefs are calling because other teams are telling him this: Zay Flowers or Jameer Gibbs. So there they're kind of like looking well, at some offensive weapons to add. There. And they, the Chiefs, went out of their way to have Zay Flowers spend a day working out with Patrick Mahomes last Wednesday, and there's a lot of smoke there, and that hmm. would be a very intriguing match. To me, he's a better version of Kadarius Toney, or a, a different but more complete version. And, the yeah, the Jalen Carter Seattle stuff is, you know, I, sometimes it's like, especially when you get to this process, when you're this close to the draft, it becomes like, yeah, that's who they're going to take. And there's logic to it because this is exactly the type of prospect that Seattle in the past – Oh, there's some character issues. Uh, we believe the person. There's more to the person than that. We know how to handle those situations. We want this high-level talent that we think we can help become a pro. That's Jalen Carter in a nutshell. That's what teams are hoping will happen. And Seattle just happens to be in the spot of the draft where he would come off the board. 
Mm. And yet, it's like sometimes it's like it's so logical that people just kind of like bank it and move on with their draft. And it's like, we don't know what they actually think or what they, especially a quarterback, what they think about the future of that position. They have the fifth pick. This is a huge opportunity for that organization coming off a playoff season to take a lottery QB. It's going to be tough to pass on that. I uh, I am now crossing out one of my go get my lunch ones. I, I have options, but it just seems too uh, vanilla that I had either the Seahawks, the Seahawks taking Richardson or Carter at five. That it would definitely be one of those two, and that seems one. seems too milk toast. Now I'm just throwing the whole okay get thing rid of out because those because I am with you. I think Seahawks like big physical freaks uh, who freaks. test well, and to me Richardson and Carter are that, and and they've been productive. Yeah, right. Let's take a break and do some sandwich props. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. All right, we're back. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, it's a tradition that goes back literally a decade go get my sandwich ass bag this is when we <laughs> uh, challenge each other uh with predictions toward whether it's the super bowl or free agency or obviously the draft here um 
we're going to get get one right and get other people to disagree with you because it makes it that much better. If you can hit a prediction, that's the gold standard here. When you hit a prediction and then everyone else says, no, you're wrong, it's a double W. Yeah, I think you failed when you offer something that everyone's like, yeah, we all think that's going to happen too, and no one takes you up. You kind of failed in this exercise. And um, Greg, you and I have a real um, back and forth in the standings. As I look, I've recently overtaken you, but it's very close. So I'm 217 and 191 all time. <laughs> this is stupid. We should, really, we should reset. In the interest of Mark... Uh, at some point, we should just like start over. But he's somehow. not going to change his way of doing. Yeah, it. no, not, no. I, but it could start it's not over. In the intro, nothing you. Greg's you're like, do. I'm not in first place. In the we should reset. No, no. I'll give you that. You win the first ten years, and now we start the next ten years competition. By the way, know, it's so Nick if anything, it's I'm Nick Fortier, digging myself a grave. Nick Fortier. It's Nick Fortier. Yeah, that, there it is. Yeah. Who was and your Nick's first? Incredible. Who was your first guy? Terry Becker, like Ryan Charbonnet, Ryan Chizier, um. Nick Fortier, who's been uh, an incredible <laughs> asset to us through the years, uh, gogetmylunch.org. Kind of got buried in a big spot in this episode. We're I sorry, Nick. It's getting a, mentioned a six or seven times. Yeah, it's mean, not the worst. We, we we always make sure to bring it up because he's been running that site for so long. There's also Soundboard over there and all sorts of fun ATN history. And, yes, Greg, I don't believe that we should reset the standings for whatever reason you were saying because that it, the history is rich, as Colleen Wolf once said. Right. We wouldn't delete the website. I feel like Mark <laughs> – quietly bombed out. It wasn't quiet. The first two years we did it. And ever since then, he's actually been the same. He's been about the same as all of us. Uh, but- so early on, I used to not take you guys up on stuff a lot. And so I, because we're all so relatively terrible at it, mm-hmm. um, that you just take everything. Yeah. But I, I'll th- I throw some right. rockets into the distance. Let's so. do it. Anyway, um, even though you interrupted me, Greg, uh, to ask for the reset, here are the standings. I'm at 53.1 percent. You're at 52.7 at 213 and 191. And Mark, I think you like if you could ever get back to 500. 12.6 percent was that where I'm sitting? You're 46.7, okay. 180 and 205. Oh, well, I think to Greg's point, to get to 500 at this point, I probably got to nail about 72 in a row. Never happening. You would have, I think, you 25 in a row. But that's not the way to look at it. You got to start. You got to kind of. Chip away at this, and by about 2048 or so, yeah, you might be knocking on the door. I mean, how ridiculous is it, though, that we've been doing this for over 10 years? We have the exact number of losses the same, Dan, 191. Mm-hmm. You have four more. And so this is like a pennant race that is the equivalent of four, like three baseball seasons, and we're still only two games apart. Like It's a a chase for the ages. A, a weekend sweep, and I'm back in first. Well, that's what's coming up. We got a big weekend coming up here, so let's get into it. Sandwich. The history is very rich here. Let's definitely pitch things as three to- a baseball season three times its normal length. <laughs> uh, all right. Nailed it. Uh, let's see. All right. Who wants to start? Somebody else start. I'll throw out one. Yeah. How about let's go Tyree Wilson is the first defensive player taken in the uh, 2023 draft. Yeah, I just like to start with like a All right. nice a palate cleanser a, or a table setter. Yeah, just like something with Tyree Wilson is a name with I don't think it's come up much. Uh, Texas Tech edge. In our uh, programming, not as productive over the course of his career, but just feels like the type of big swing that NFL teams like to make over a guy like Willie Anderson, who's maybe not quite the ceiling, but has been very productive. I will take you, but I think that there's a little bit of a fly in the ointment. I'm hearing a lot of reporting around this um, as well, just rumors. But Will Anderson is from Alabama. D'Amico Ryans is Mm. from Alabama. 
Um, they have talked about Will Anderson as not only like a once-in-a-generation player, but a person and the kind of person that you build a new defense around. So I guess it would just be a little bit upstream for D'Amico Ryans to shun the Crimson Tide uh, with an elite-looking player for the other guy. But you never know. Same front office took a... Derek Stingley over Sauce Gardner last year. Not saying like you got to write the book on Stingley. That's unfair to him. But well, a lot I, think of, it, I think if you're doing the redraft, Sauce Gardner should be number one to the Jaguars right now. Let's see wild. if this front office, if it's Nick Casario's even here two weeks from now. Uh, yeah, if uh, Trayvon Walker doesn't have a big year too, that's going to be one of the. To me, anyway, in the years we've been doing this, we're first overall picks ever. So I didn't feel like anybody was ever like over the moon about him through the whole process. Just like yeah, he's. Got a lot of upside, a lot of toolsy. He could be a big-time player. And then you had these other guys that were very clearly ready to roll. Um, and, and Detroit and the Jets and, mm-hmm. I guess, Stingley, you know, we'll see about him. But Well, no, year. as Daniel Jeremiah's explained it, he, he says he doesn't think any other team, like 20 team, the top 20, would have taken Walker first, that it was yeah, just the Jaguars. Isn't that weird? Like, yes. What, was, what is that? Yeah. Very strange, very strange. Uh, all right, anyway, let's go. I will go with... All right, so I don't think – well, let me start with something that <laughs> – I don't know who is responsible for these things. But Wait, it, did you take me up on that? I yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Yes, I do. Okay. That's important for Nick Fortier to, to know. It's essential for yeah. Nick. Um, I don't know who – how it works, although I'd love to know the uh, the mechanics behind it all. Um, I'm guessing some type of front office figure um, sends, sends an email to the social media department and instructs them to um, send out a tweet with this message. Uh, can I get some inspirational, powerful backing music here? This from the Houston Texans sent at exactly 6 a.m. Uh, today. So time stamped for, for the start of draft week. Failure is not an option. It's a necessity. Every missed. Imagine if that was it. Wait, failure is a necessity? Yes. Okay. Every misstep is a lesson learned. Uh, every setback a chance to grow stronger. Embrace the struggle and become unstoppable. Well, Who they sent got, it out? They, Who was behind this? Casario? I thought they got rid of the guy that would have sent something like that out. I thought that felt, felt very Jack Easterby. And it was got tagged also, yeah, with with just the word forward, period. Anyway, so. I mean, the font, too, was very <laughs> Cam Newton-like. I do not think Nick Casario is asking for this. Like they, I, no, I don't think so. I, the font I, was, the, like, ripped from, like, Taylor Swift's, like, reputation era. I, I'm not sure what's going on here. But anyway, I'm going to try to piece it together, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like a team that's looking to make a, a, a big statement this week. Mm. Um, and I, I obviously they are. Everybody's looking to make a big statement. But the Tex- Texans especially, it's the last two years have been lost years for the organization, dating back from really the day that Deshaun Watson said, I'm, I want out. And then everything that followed and two head coaches, one and done, and just no sense that the organization's um, making any forward progress. This is the year where it's supposed to start over in a real – tangible way and that's why I don't think that the Texans have the guts to pass on a QB at two and there's so much smoke now saying they're looking to get out of the pick or they're not a big fan of CJ Stroud um, so I'm not saying that they're going to take CJ Stroud because I do put some something more into this fact that maybe he's a, a round one dropper 
and we'll see if that works out or works against teams that pass on C.J. Stroud. But I think they stay at two, and I think they take a quarterback. Okay, so both of those things have to happen. They can't trade back up to three and take a quarterback. I mean, I don't want to to muck it up. That would yeah. be that would suck if if they trade back one spot and take a QB. But um, they stay, I'll at, live with stay it. at two and go take quarterback. Stay at two, uh, nice and simple. I could put in a bunch of uh, caveats there, compendiums, if you will, <laughs> Justin. Uh, but I will not. I'll just say they stay home and take the QB and they start over. I'll I'll take you on it a pair as well with Greg's. I mean, I I feel like if they really wanted to make a big move and trade out of that place, then you just you completely deny and and don't allow anything to get out there that suggests you might go other than quarterback and have a quarterback bump down the board. I don't I don't kind of love what's coming out of Texas if that's what's happening with with the Texans, but I I with you I I do feel that the D'Amico Ryan's is a big part of this. I think Nick mm. Casario, who opened his press conference last week, weirdly saying like I'm not leaving after this draft, which was no one asked the question. It was just sort of said point blank. Okay, it's like there's clearly something going on here where I think D'Amico Ryan's is running the show, and I think he's going to want a guy pick the guy that start to start his defense with. But I'll still take you. Do you think D'Amico like he's got that linebacker blood? Do you think maybe D'Amico is responsible for that quote? Oh, it feels it feels very coach speak, doesn't it? Or athlete coach speak? Right. I th- I feel like that's a, a social employee who's like a not t- like a twenty year old social media guy just went went nuts with that on their own and sent it out. That would be wild. Think we're giving that is wild. I mean, if failure is a necessity, I mean the Texans you've covered They've it. Nailed that. Like you yeah. did it. You that's did it a few years ago. Home yeah, you got you were, that first verse. Down. Right. That was fine. <laughs> if you if every misstep is a lesson learned, like you have learned the most amount of lessons. Let's let's win a ball game. Uh, that's a good one because I. I kind of agree with you, and yet I just feel like I can't um, not take it out of uh, principle, so I'm just going to take it. Really solid stanza overall, I thought. You got me. It's a good one. All right. Uh, Mark Sessler. All right. Um, Mark Sessler picking a spot today. This may be why I don't fare well in this um, contest, but this is something that I believe very strongly – will happen by the start of the season, but I'm just going to say it happens during the draft. That by the time we get to the end of the draft, Mac Jones is no longer a New England Patriot. And I think that all along, this could be a world where we keep trying to stick Tom Brady with the Raiders. That I think that if you are Josh McDaniels and you worked really well with Mac Jones and you see real potential there, that a Mac Jones, Jimmy G scenario might work. All I'm saying, though, that's a potential landing spot, is that Mac Jones will not be a Patriot by the final pick of the draft, by Ooh. the end of the final pick of the draft. You know, me and Mark are just sharing uh, yeah. sharing well, the thing possibilities. Was, we, we that la- was one of my possibilities. We laughed this down during the season. We laughed it off. It's like all this stuff that's happening is not enough to get rid of him. I think that, the, that what we've heard since the end of the regular season with New England and how that went, and you hear Robert Kraft's words and how, what Mac Jones has had to say, and Bill Belichick really cooling on Mac Jones from where he was in offseason ago when he talked about how much he grew and this little Bailey Zappy thing mixed in with the fact that I think they want to draft someone else and start over and give Bill Belichick another chance to get young at quarterback in one last yeah. effort here. I think Mac Jones, it just it's, something doesn't seem I'll right ta- with these I'll, two. I'll take you on it. I think, uh, I don't like that Bailey Zappy keeps coming up in this as if he's he's a major factor in this. I, I don't 
I, I think it's used I more. See enough of him to think that. I don't he's think a it's guy that, he's, that, would, that he's a yeah. starter. I think it's used more like when he talks about when he's talking about Billy right. Zappi, even during the season, it was like he does everything he's asked. It's like it sounded like a Bill Belichick type of guy, almost in a way to say like Mac Jones isn't giving me this experience. Well, it was Tom Kern who we we trust with Patriot stuff who did um, verify or second that report that Belichick was pissed that Mac Jones went outside the organization during the season to try to get tips how to fix the the offense that Matt Patricia was in part running. I, I believe that. I believe that Belichick was angry um, uh, that, that he would do that and that I think Belichick, it's not Belichick's style for his quarterback to be, and I think this is part of who Mac Jones is personality-wise, to be very uh, adamant and vocal um, in showing that he was unhappy during games last season. I think that's a bad look for uh, a player when you're in Belichick's building. That said, the owner is continuously speaking positively of Mac Jones still. And I think right now where the team sits, it's the owner who has the upper hand. The owner always has the upper hand, let's face it. But especially now, I think there's a little bit of a power struggle there. And I think Mac Jones getting moved is a Bill Belichick win if this would happen. And I don't think Bill Belichick's winning anything internally this offseason. What if Casario? So I'll take you on it. All right, but what if Casario, who knows Belichick so well, like what if there's a world where the this is atypical draft stuff for New England, but they're just going for it. They're going to get up into that top three or four and get a different quarterback. Then Mac Jones is old news in New England, and you and you move him for whatever you can get. Well, Houston would be as likely a place to put him as any. I can't find the team that's going to go for him, though. And that that would be a tough sell, I think, for the Texans and their fans that, like, no, but we didn't. But you came up with this as your own we didn't draft, too. Yeah. So um, someone, you must have someone in mind that they would. That I, they would. I don't know who. I'm, I think it's, like, less than 50-50, so I'll take you up on it. But I was just going to throw it out because it's a, it's a fun one. Um, I, don't, I just don't know who that team is. Maybe it's the Ravens. Like, th- that doesn't really make sense to me. I think they're pretty in on this is one more year with – with Lamar Jackson. So you just kind of go through the list and you don't see like a logical landing spot for Mac Jones. Uh, but I'll the Greg Mark Alliance takes on a little water though, but you go on, lit- but here. he literally came I up had with, with, that one was going to be one of mine. Same- Maybe I had, <laughs> right. I had some options. I'm just going to take you up on it. Cause it just seems like that's sort of like a go. tepid high five. Though. Yeah. That's like, like that. Yeah. That's his, his which hand, is we- in itself is kind a, of clammy. I like, I like that. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> all right, you got another one, Greg? All right, I'm going to say all four of the top quarterbacks, not including Hendon Hooker here, uh, just just to be as clear as possible, go in the top ten. So after all this talk, someone's going to fall, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. No, none of it happens. This is very rare that four quarterbacks go that high. In general, we think quarterbacks are going to go like a little higher than they end up doing, hence uh, like Mac Jones slipped to 15. Uh, a lot of times that third or fourth guy falls a little further than, than you expect. It happened with Justin Fields too. But I say it doesn't happen this time. There's too many options in the top 10, or I think you could even trade to about 10. And so I say all four quarterbacks go in the top 10. It'll be decided nice and early on our live stream that everyone needs to watch on YouTube. Maybe we can get a uh, a former NFL quarterback in our – we're going to be not in this room but in a different area of NFL media for our live stream, our round one live stream, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, all 31 picks of the first round. We will be just hanging around, chopping it up, dudes being bros. With some special surprises along the way, but you're saying you're suggesting maybe we would we'd snag a 
an ex NFL quarterback to come Perhaps. talk with us. If especially if four great. QBs and enter yeah, our league in ten picks to start things off. Like how could you say it's a a boring draft if that's happening? I mean, you know. Anyway, so you're saying Young, obviously Stroud, Richardson, and Will Levis, and Levis all go in the, all top, go 10. In the top ten. Top ten. I, I, I'll take you. I think it's very possible, though, because I think Tennessee would be a real candidate to move up. Um, but, yeah, I'll take you. Let's do some breaking news. This is not your average, everyday breaking news. Let's hear it, Justin Graver. I'll take you on that, Nick Fortier. Ooh. Ian Rappaport says it's happened. It's over. Aaron Rodgers is going to what? the New York Ooh. Jets. What? The Jets. What? Get what? Rodgers pick number 15 and a fifth-round pick. So they're only moving down two picks in the first round. The Packers get number 13. They move up two picks. They get a 2023 this year. Second-round pick, that's number 42. A sixth-round pick and a conditional second next year that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays, which is Pretty darn likely to happen. Mm, yeah. So the Packers get their two firsts for mm. Aaron Rodgers. It's happened. Dan? Thank God. I could, I mean, thank God. This is... Th- this happened. To, uh, this is your birthday present. It was your birthday yesterday. <laughs> it was. It, it was my birthday yesterday. And this was something that um, has been dragging out for, God, well over a month at this point, ever since the... Uh, Pat McAfee episode. Uh, let's just go through this again. So it's the the deal includes a second rounder this year. So the Jets had uh, back-to-back second-round picks. I believe it's 41 and 42. Packers get the second one. And I think Packers are picking 45 also. So now the Packers pick 42 and 45. The Jets. So the Jets keep their um, first-round pick, but they swap it. Yeah, they swapped the it, so they're going to move back uh, two spots, which is something no one really brought up. I don't, now it seems obvious that that's like one little extra thing the Packers got. It's out a of bit it. of an upset that they can get a, another first next year. Based off the, I, it seemed like this was heading towards like who would ever give the Packers that at this point for Aaron Rodgers. Well, they still so they still have their first round pick this year. Yes, they just moved yeah. back two spots. Right. Yes, and they can get the first rounder if Rodgers hits that playing time bump in twenty four, which. Well, if he doesn't, that's a disaster. It well it depends on what happens this year. Obviously, I mean, it's everything is kind of built to me up to this being now a team that can make a run with Rodgers at QB, which is I'm on record, obviously. Saying You'd have I to get hurt. It. It's it's the 65 percent of plays this season. So this year, as yeah, long as he's that's healthy, that's a disaster if he doesn't. And I guess oh, okay, yes, right. okay. I thought it was next year. Okay, no. now it makes sense. Okay. But so you, wouldn't you say that like it, the idea that it could trigger a first next year from the Jets is more than what people had been verbalizing? In recent weeks, because it sounded like Joe Joe Douglas is not going to... That's what they were budging on. They're not going to give that up. It's a little more than I expected the Jets to have to give up. I just thought the conditions would have been less likely. I thought it was going to be like, if he retires, you don't get the first. Right. Uh, if he's on the team into 2024, then you then it's a first. But that's it's sort think- of splitting hairs. I think it's a great deal for Green Bay, ultimately, that you get a second... And uh, a first, you get the two spots is nice. I th- I think that's really good because it because for them I just feel like it really was time. I know it's a downgrade to go from 
Rodgers to Jordan Love. But I think all things considered, they have to be happy with how they're kind of extricating themselves from this. It really wasn't that messy, and they get a very fair uh, return for him. Yeah, and I if I had like my choice in this, I would want that to be a, a higher bar to clear than 65% uh, of the snaps. But at the same time, he's a Jet. And now they go into this season, uh, one of the more important seasons in the history of the organization, and they're going to have Rodgers, who I think, uh, based, based on his track record, the fact that, yes, he's uh, entering his age 39 season, but for all the things I've talked about before, I think he's going to be very good this year. I think this team is obviously going to be vastly improved if he stays healthy on offense. And then I trust Sala in the defense, if they're not, even if they're not as good as last year, to be um, a strong defense. And you put it all together, and I think they are now firmly in the mix now in the AFC. Woo, what a moment! And yeah. I, and I'm just so I'm so excited that the worst the worst case scenario which was this dragging through the summer, this becoming a situation where maybe another team does sneak into the negotiations and all of a sudden the Jets are running out Zach Wilson in training camp. All that stuff is out the window now and you just can you can look forward uh, at a, a, a bright horizon in terms of hope uh, in the Meadowlands. I'm, I'm really excited I, about this. I almost hope that they are giving up a first next year because it tells you things went right and and – there is a variance here because you, what version of Aaron Rodgers do you get? I, I trust that you're going to get a good one, and their offense is pretty much set to go, and there were these other worlds, parallel universes, where New York failed to get Rodgers, and you are stuck with one of the worst chapters in Jets history. Yeah, they Instead, didn't have a backup plan. Right. They, they would well, have egg all over their face. That's kind of what I love about there. Joe Douglas, though, because it, he has to be a huge reason why this happened because – when you want to do something in life, you cut all their options out. You just go for it. And they made it happen. And the Jets, like the Jets fan base has never been in this situation if you are a certain age. If you're your age. The photoshops of Rodgers in a Jets uniform it just looks wild <laughs> to me. I feel like I've seen so many now over I the last uh, six weeks that I'm, I'm already used to it, as weird as that, as that seems. The next question, you know, you know does he – does Joe Namath give up his number 12? These are all fun kind of team things. And I will not – I have to say it. I mean, if we're going to now say it's 65% of snaps, okay, so what's that like if he stays healthy and he – and it's basically if, if he plays 12 or 13 games. If, yeah. if, it's, if it's week 12 and they're a huge bust and it's a terrible season, would I put it past the bench organization him. to put him on the bench? Yeah. Check you later. I mean, if he doesn't play well – Yeah, but in that scenario, everyone's fired. Okay, I'm just saying That's if true. they, I'm just saying what this. I, I just I'm mean talking the people making the, the decisions. I, like only Woody Johnson could make that decision, and it would have to be because it went so spectacularly right. wrong. But that, I'm saying I'm not saying this on behalf of anyone else in the building as like a a Jet fan, like saying like how does this? What are the different outcomes of this? Would they potentially, if things really were off the rails, go down that way to save the first round pick? Now they'd have to be three and seven. That's yeah, just but, the but fatalist. Then, but then they're me. getting fired anyways. So it's that's like what the, I mean. The, the, what the, I owner, mean is, the owner makes the call. What I mean is like Woody Johnson is firing everyone and insisting on that, and for them to be that bad would be hard to imagine. Have they'd to have to be three it. and seven. I just have to say it. And listen, Greggy, like. Uh, I'm a fatalist at times as a Jets fan, as all Jets fans are. You have to say, okay, how does what's the worst case scenario here? There it is. Um, and then they would still have some recourse if they didn't want to give up a first-round pick. That said, uh, oh, by the way, if they were 3-7, and seven, that's a high 
first round pick potentially. Yeah. Going and then you know there's all sorts of things, but I'm not even talking. Forget about all that, that energy. We that is get, just stuff that needed positive. to be brought up for a second. And uh, but I'm very happy. I wish I could talk to my dad. My dad is in Budapest right now on a on a uh, look at him on a trip with uh, Deb and uh, my uh, my uncle and uh, my aunt. Um, what do you so do? He's gonna, you, I don't know when he's going to get this news. It's not like my my 69 year old father is uh, you know all over social media. I don't know when he'll find out. He might not find out for days and wow. days. Wow! Oh, he'll find out. <laughs> I don't can't, know. You can't text him. I, he's not. There's no. Should I WhatsApp him? Yeah. I have your dad commenting on it on uh, Aaron Rodgers right now. If you want to listen, let's to hear it. it. Sure. Live and exclusive. <laughs> my feeling with Aaron Rodgers is that you know when things are going good. You know, he's Mr. Good Guy. But when things are not going so good, he is certainly not the same guy that you see on the sidelines that's frowning at people and looking uh, looking the other way. He's I also, a man that lays blame on others. That's right. And also the the, the way he handled the, the coach last year, uh, not listening to the play calls. Mike and, McCarthy. And M- Mike McCarthy and treating him terribly shows me that uh, I just don't think he's the kind of man that, uh, you know, that uh, – Everyone talks about. How long it, did you guys have that one in the chamber? I I randomly <laughs> was looking for something completely different this morning. Uh, it was as if it was in the stars. I was looking for him saying that um, Matt Lafleur or Mike Lafleur. I can't. I mean, I lose the Lafleur. The bearded boy was the bearded little boy. Yeah. So I went back to that episode and listened on the way in, and that wasn't in the show. Uh, but that little clip was, and I said, let's clip that for whenever the the news. Nice happens. work, Greg. Let's also uh, wish Dan a happy birthday. We got this done during the show. <laughs> this was the present that we got for Dan Hansis that we've been worried this news is going to happen degrees? all off season <laughs> and here no, he is. this is very nice and yeah my dad is not a, a Aaron Rodgers fan never has been so I am curious what his thoughts are but uh you know what what is you know song? what you know what Keith's not a fan of Zach Wilson Right. Oh, yeah. Like all Jets fans. So I think if you're Keith or you're anyone who was a little bit miffed with the Aaron Rodgers experience, you gotta just like it's part of part of the weight. That's fine. And happy birthday, Dan. How Thank how you. was your birthday? Did you do anything fun? Spend it with the fam? Sure. Spend it with the fam. Everything it'd be I, weird if you didn't spend well, it with the fam. Well, of course. Yeah, I just watching, meant like what did yeah, yeah. Watching sports, you know, a baseball practice was in the mix. Uh, you Knicks are giving you presents. Got the Knicks giving me a gift. Uh, Do you feel tangibly older? <laughs> I guess I. I mean, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I feel tangibly older right now. In fact, I feel a little younger right now. Yeah. Now Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback yeah. of the Jets. Uh, mm. That's a big relief. I didn't want to even take this into the draft. So. Mm. That's huge. And, you know, and we'll see if it works out. And I know there's a lot of uh, speculation and, oh, this will blow up in their face. I hear it. It's certainly possible. But back off. Just, uh, let, let Jets fans enjoy this moment. And, and hopefully uh, for the Jets fan base, this guy can still play the guitar. Because if he can, look out. You, you had to look make out. a move that was to try to take advantage of the roster they have right now because you, you don't know how long it's going to stay together. And to that point, never didn't trade Corey Davis. Kind of, kind of yep. thought he was going to be in this trade. Um, we'll see. Maybe he's he's not on the roster. But uh, th- this puts sort of a window on them with Rodgers of like – Sort in, of? I mean, this puts a window with Rodgers, obviously, for the next couple of years. But giving away this sort of draft, um, these sort of draft assets, you know, it just makes it more about right now. And to the, to the Packers' point, like, Goody's 
handled this all well, but like now is the hard part. If you want to be Ted Thompson, you got to hit these picks. They didn't do anything in free agency this year, and it puts a lot of pressure that they got to start hitting with these picks. So they have pick 13, they have an extra second, and they'll have the the pick next year. But like he needs to start nailing this or else he's going to be the guy that traded away Aaron Rodgers and didn't make it happen. I wonder if what the domino effect is in the AFC East as a you know, does this cause the Patriots to be think to them? Uh, although we all kind of expected this to be the outcome, and now it officially appears to be the case. Do they feel good about going into a season playing in a division that has Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen in it? I mean, I've just told you they're going to make a massive move at quarterback. I have a sandwich prop well, potentially that, Tom Brady in it that ties into this. You'll always have your chant. I did not know this was going to happen, obviously, but I think that the Packers will draft a combination. Of at least after all they did to Aaron Rodgers with the draft and no agency, of at least four wide receivers and tight ends to make <laughs> Jordan Love to Ooh, set him up for four. success. Four. I mean, this doesn't happen that often, by the way. And they have a couple wide receivers they like that are young, but tight end, I could see it. And I think you go with a combination of four of them so that you can tell everyone we're going to do right by Jordan Love versus leaving him at at sea. Four is a lot. You know, the Packers used to do that with Ted Thompson, so that would be another uh, callback where they would take two or three at the same position, sure. especially receiver, in the same draft. Four is a lot. I'll have to uh, I'll have to take you on that. Yeah, I'll take you on that for sure. They do have four seventh. That seven- just seems like a lot. Three, I, I would be on the fence. Four feels like. They have four seventh-round picks. They have two fifths, and so it counts if he's oh, taking. Oh, how many picks do they have overall? Uh, hmm, that's interesting too. Hmm. Three, four, five, uh, ten, I think. So it doesn't matter like where it is in the draft. If well, take, like, I'll probably I'll phase myself out of winning it if I do. Um, no, I'm comfortable staying right there. I mean, I think that's like that, that's a big investment because you already have a couple of young wide receivers. Twelve. They have twelve picks. That's a, a lot of picks. You would think they're gonna take some tries. At, yeah, I'm not so gonna f- take you. On I it, think actually. the over under probably would be about three. So it's a little over that. So I'm gonna take it. I will pass on this one actually. Cool. Just because there's so many picks. Like you're gonna take guys that like late in the draft that are special teams type guys that are wide receivers. Especially their team where who don't it's have any like- wide receivers. I think they'll take a tight. I would. I would. I won't do this because it's too similar, but I would put a sandwich on one of their first three picks. It's too boring. Would be a tight end. Like I just almost, they, I just feel like you, in this that class, feels like a home run. I, I'm that's more, a home run. I'm more saying that it's the it's a diametrically opposed to what they just did to Aaron Rodgers three years in a right. row. And well, but if they if they didn't take one in the first round, it would be similar. Well, what I'm saying you know. is, what's tricky about this prop, uh, I think, Mark, is that it's kind of like what if I like, make it five? Well, no, I'm saying like if if you take the five. No, I'm just saying if if you're saying this is going to be kind of a statement draft from them, if it was like they're taking it in the first three rounds, sure. two to three players, I just feel like – but if you're going to say five, I'll take you. <laughs> no, I'm not playing this. You're perfectly welcome to not take it. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. You said it, though. You said five. I was going through a verbal <laughs> machination with myself, but or I have no interest in just sweetening the pot. If and you then, said their you know, first pick was receiver or tight end, which I actually think it, it will be. What about two it, of the I, first three? I think, it will, I think it will be a tight four. end. I don't think anyone's taking that either. Because How about two of the first four? No, I'm not I'm not revising it. <laughs> okay, then I won't at, take it. On any level. So because I just the spirit of it is that they're going to be aggressive. That is the spirit of it. Yes, board. I think that's the spirit of it. But you could lose the wager in the back end of the draft when it's not really about building up weapons. Don't care. Got it. All right. Uh, this one real quick, because I don't care about anything else right now. Um, the Titans, we mentioned it. Um, I believe between now and in the next fortnight, 
two weeks. Tannehill and Henry will both be moved in trades. Oh. Um, triggering the full-on rebuild that makes too much sense uh, in my mind. Uh, and it's been speculated on endlessly. Um, I think there's obviously they're holding their clar- the cards close to the vest. But I just think that's, you know, teams also are trying to figure out their draft boards. And if, say, one of these teams that really wants a running back, they don't get it, they're going to call up the Titans and be like, all right, what, can we give you one of these day two picks for Derrick Henry? And then a team that loses out on the QB, QB roulette here. Um, so that's the, why you're making it two weeks. Yeah, but I'm I'm kind of uh, just because I want to make sure it, it it's basically capturing the spirit of it, which is teams come out of the draft not maybe getting what they want mm. or they they want to be able to um, to have a fuller look at where their roster is at. But I think both of them will be gone. I think probably by Saturday it could happen in the prediction, but that's I don't want to hold myself to that. That's a little tight. How about next Tuesday? Because aren't we going to be going – aren't you going to be annoyed we're going to go over the draft props in this All one? All right, so for that reason, I will hmm. modify it. How about one of the two will be moved before Saturday night? Okay. I'll take you on that. I will too. I think they're open to, to, to either. There was the false report that Derrick Henry was going to the Eagles. That didn't pan out. But, I mean, he just fits as a – if you're a Super Bowl window team, and I keep thinking of Buffalo, it's like – what is the price that's too high to go get Derrick Henry? You're not going to have to give a first. Mm. Why not add him to your roster? And you, it, like, but if you go get a running back in the draft, Derrick Henry becomes a, a non-starter. Derek, you know, I, just, I don't quite see it. I think Tannehill's a little more likely, or is more likely. I think Dalvin Cook is a guy that could get traded. I think the Judy stuff could still happen. Buda Baker, maybe. You mentioned Mac Jones. Uh, Trey Lance seems unlikely. I, I can't imagine Derrick Henry, but that's me personally. Uh, anybody else have one? I do have a trade one, and this, I guess, would be my onion What about our, yeah, our onion, onion hangers, hangers now, right? Uh, just because oh. it's so specific. So I'm just going to say the draft ends with DeAndre Hopkins in Buffalo as the next member of the Buffalo Bills. Let's just get specific, which is always trouble. I like that. I'm having trouble focusing right now. I'm reading a lot of the, the I mean, it is ridiculous. It's one of the biggest <laughs> trades in the history of the NFL. He's a... How many times has he won the four times? Yeah. Maybe yeah. four times. He just got traded. To the Jets. Hmm. I'm struggling right now at this point, boys, I gotta say. Let's That's fine. <laughs> we could we could just curtail this. But uh Greg, I for the sake of the exercise, I'll take you. It does leave, even if you have a post June one designation, the Cardinals are stuck with twenty million in dead money um mm. per over the cap. And if it's pre June one, I mean it's thirty one million. So it's not like I don't know what the Cardinals get out of this unless they love the pick. Maybe they but could it, restructure the contract. Yeah, I mean, you'd but, have uh, to. Yeah, you're hitting me with facts. And uh, it, everything does – this does seem like an anticlimax a little bit after Aaron Rodgers was just traded. You're right, Dan. <laughs> I, I I apologize. I'm I'm being upfront with you about this. It's okay. <laughs> so I, I think it's – well, Tell us, I think tell us that's okay. how you're feeling, though. I mean – I don't even – I've I kind of said what I – how I feel about it, that it's like they gave up that, that first-round pick. Uh, I wish they would have been able to push back a little further on that, but – I think part of that is like everybody was like it was leverage gate between the Jets and Packers and who had the leverage. I think ultimately the Jets were the more they were they were the ones on the defense because they didn't have a plan B. And I think they they also wanted to have the you know, they wanted to have a clean slate. I don't know. I would like to see Aaron Rodgers, for instance, at voluntary camp, which he hasn't been doing um, with the Packers for years. uh, And I won't hold my breath uh, for the same reasons. My dad's not a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers, but like. 
Um, I want to see him all in and get that vibe. I want him at camp. I want people flying to Malibu to work out with him. I want to, if I'm a Jet fan now, I want to see him have that eye of the tiger mm. and, and show. Want to stick it to the Packers a little bit and, and have a big year uh, for a, a franchise that hasn't had a quarterback um, in, in far too long. So um, they're going to give up that first round pick next year. I can deal with that moving back a little bit in the first round this year. I think they're still going to get one of those offensive linemen, which is a lock, by the way. I'll do a related one. My last one is that they will um, take an offensive lineman. I was thinking that maybe they would go and try to trade up and get Skaronsky there, um, hmm. but they don't. Now they're they're dealing with a little bit of a deficit with some of the draft capital. Um, so that would be my second one that they'll take. At 15, I think you can get a good tackle. I had them taking Skaronsky at 13. Now my mock draft's all screwed up because they're moving to 15. <laughs> i got to redo this whole thing. It's going to be great. They're going to get uh, Broderick Jones out of Georgia now. That's my that's my onion hanger. I'm gonna you're saying that exact, they're taking – you're big, going big. the exact guy. Yeah. I like that. I'll take exact guy. I wouldn't take – I think they're definitely going Lyman. I, I will say I totally agree with you about the Aaron Rodgers off-season like season workout stuff because for someone Show that it. preaches self-awareness at an endless levels and heights – um, it would be self-aware to, with the New York media, get off on a good foot and also just with your own teammates because I think that affected the Packers last year. How about Aaron Rodgers versus uh, you know, pretty tough Bills defense? You got Bill Belichick. You got uh, a Dolphins defense. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Adding Jalen Ramsey. It's, it's a challenge. That division is going to have so many primetime games this year, and the Jets will be in a lot of them. Stop delaying the schedule release. We want it out on the normal weekend. We know where Rodgers is. Well, weren't they waiting for this? Well, I, I, I've i heard whispers. That the league was we'll maybe see. putting a little pressure on the deal no, to get no, done? No. What if you, you suddenly put Zach, if you do the schedule first, and you have Zach Wilson in five primetime games, that's a problem. Certainly no, no uh, whispers on that. But if, there was, if, if Lamar and Aaron Rodgers was still uncertain, that they didn't really want to start uh, sending that schedule out, until they knew uh, where the best primetime games. But you, I think you got to assume Lamar's in Baltimore at this point. All right, we need one more. An onion hanger from Mark Sessler. Uh, all right, this has happened before. Um, I'm really looking at two two options that I have here, though. Okay, uh, you know how the, the we have an absolute um, waterfall of absurdity on day two and the especially long day three where like they had a, like a zoo animal announcing like the Colts pick the one time? Yes. This and I have no information on this, but I think because we're at this point in our world where a um, and this is tech based, not the, maybe the place where Tom Brody Tom Brady spoke, but a non-human <laughs> slash non-animal will make a day two or day three pick for one team, and I'm thinking like um <laughs> like a holographic image of like Vince Lombardi does it for the Packers or something, but something they've never done before where like a true non-sentient being announces the pick, maybe even live in Kansas City, um, if not at some sort of other local scenario. A non-human, non-animal. So um, They've the already whole, done zoo animals. The so whole thing the, with the chimp making the pick. That's already happened. Can't do that. No. I guess I guess I got to take you on that. <laughs> I don't think it's that crazy if you think about it. Is it did you say a non-simian? Like, Is that what it was? Non, no, like no, a non-human. It has to be AI. It can't be any, it to be t- like any real computer. human. Oh. Or, uh, it, but I'm thinking like a holographic... <laughs> Image of someone like Al from, Davis, yeah, is doing exactly. The draft like pick. Al Davis, like ro- rolls up in a holographic controversial. Image. And, Dan's yeah. deep into like Jets. Uh, I have Twitter a lot of right texts going on. <laughs> There's a lot of texts I'm uh, replying to. Um, yes, I will take you on that. Okay, just because I think some there would be some pushback about 
putting a dead man on stage or whatever. Uh, it may not NFL's be. Like, I'm not saying no, it's definitely that. an NFL figure. It could, could be something. George Washington, if you will. Sure. If someone went, that would be an odd road. But, like, the commanders <laughs> could do that, I guess. Well, there's a lot of commanders yeah. in, uh, in the Pentagon. I think we need to end this. I think we need to let Dan go be free in society. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, frolic out. He's just yeah. got to dance around so oh, fast. What does what the next three hours look like for you? What, what's going to happen to Dan? Well, you know, I just turned 43. There are limits to this. You know, like yeah. when, when uh, Brett Favre was traded, and that would be, the obviously, the natural uh, connection, another team that was all in after that happened. I happened to be in a bar in Austin, Texas, when the trade went down late at night, hook em horns, and uh, got hammered and was super excited. Now I have responsibilities. Mm. I got to pick up the kids from school. Yeah. See, uh, I just imagine you work. like – Daddy's got stuff to do. Like I got Tammy Taylor. Tonight. You know, Tammy Taylor in the beginning of Friday Night Lights oh, yeah. just going like this all through the field. <laughs> there will be a little bit of that. I think there's going to be a Tito's tonight. Once the kids – you just yeah. get, get the kids home safe, and then you can – I'm a little bit – I it's bittersweet that I won't be able to confer with Keith on this mm. uh, until he returns from uh, Budapest and other territories uh, in Europe. Uh, but the cell phone, he didn't do the thing where you just uh, – you put the cell phone on while you're gone? No? No. Okay. Hmm. No. My dad? No. You're right, yeah. I mean, he keeps a pretty, a pretty tight ship with the tech, you know? As it's that, an international sport. I'm, I'm, she's going to hear about it somewhere. I think he's going to hear about it. Um. All right. So, there you go. Interesting. And those are the props. Good ones. Check out Nick Fortier at uh, gogetmylunch.org. Oh, wait a second. Before we say goodbye, it is also a tradition. Before our producer gets too upset, I'm sorry. It's just a lot of stuff's going on right now. Yeah. Um. We always have the producer offer up a prop of their own. Before we say goodbye, Justin Graver. Yeah, your draft prop. I thought I was off the hook there for a sec, but okay. Um, so you my, don't have to do it, but I'll throw one out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Why not? <laughs> my draft prop is the top seven picks go off in the current order as they stand. No draft day trades in the top seven. I love it. I'll, take, it, I'll take you, and I love it. I think it's a great one. The old gentleman. Yeah, yeah. I'll take you on that. Usually, yeah. Somebody's gonna make a move. Somebody. Wait, why is that the old gentleman? He didn't like trades. Oh, Dave Gettleman hated trading. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Too complex. <laughs> he, he never he, traded. He sat there at six and, and took Daniel Jones. Which, he famously. You know, in hindsight, he, did, he got Daniel Jones, his quarterback, and Dexter Lawrence. Uh, reasonable pick. But not a GM app guy. He never did it once. Right. Like famously. He never traded back. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll take you on that, but I don't. this is not the onion hanger it sounds like it is because I think if you went and looked over the last – X amount of years, at least three. I at think. least going into draft day, because obviously there's already been the one pre-draft trade, ones. But yeah. during the draft, I would say as many, if not more, drafts don't have a trade that high. Right. There's during just the so actual much draft. like re- reporting about Arizona taking calls. Well, that's sure. a good point. Yeah, that's Arizona. A good point. Wait, if the draft hap- if the trade happens between now and Thursday, though, you lose your prop. Right? If the Cardinals trade yeah, it on goes. Wednesday, yeah, no, you're done. Any right? trade action, it's he not goes. that it, it stays put. As of Thursday at 5 p.m. Western time. Agreed. If okay. any trade okay. happens just between clarifying. now and then. You gone. I, that would be fun to be the first uh, producer to lose his prop before the draft even starts. <laughs> right. The producers <laughs> famously are not good at this. Um, right. So you're trying to, uh, you know, change history, if you will. And you have nothing to do with past failures in that chair. Right. So I think that's the way you're looking at it, right? Well, just the way I'm looking reset. at it is, as your guys' producer, my job is to make you all look great. So if I, that means getting my draft prop wrong, then I'm all for it. 
Except that's not what your that's right. not your it's actual take, attitude. It's gonna take on more than or that. Any other and you're trying to kneecap uh, one of uh, yes. the, our co-hosts here on a daily basis <laughs> <laughs> in a big spot. I think we're gonna drop that one overnight on Wednesday, right? The big mock draft spectacular. Oh, what yep. a showdown it is! All right, that's it. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, we will be back on yes Wednesday with the. Huge mock draft. And then Thursday, it all begins. My goodness. Live stream. Live stream. Post pod. Post draft podcast. Leave the call. Jays. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reuse hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.